JJ Nimda, we'll start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam, Om Namo Sitanam, Om Namo Ayadiyanam, Om Namo Jayanam, Amolave Savasahunam, Eso Panchanamo Karo, Sova Pava Panasano, Mangalalam Chosa Vaisin, Paramam Have Mangalam, Paramam Have Mangalam. Did anyone do last week's challenge, which was to say no to something you really want? Well, I did. I, I, I don't know if I did consciously for that reason, but I did say no, no to something that I was, I was planning on. Uh, and then it's kind of time management as well. So, I I have I have done that. It was pretty hard, but I did it. How did it make you feel? It was sort of an uncomfortable feel still to this point. And uh, again, this was this was for creating time for myself, and uh, that, that's why it's a bit uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, I, I still could have done that. Why did I say no to it? But uh, it, it's a uh, it's a strange feeling. And you said no because you wanted to create time for yourself, which you're allowed to do. And it's strange for you to be selfish in that way. Um, but it's not selfish. And I give you permission to do it because you're working on yourself and uh, it's okay to have boundaries. Yeah. I said no to a food item. And the real benefit I got was interrogating my thoughts and feelings during that. Uh, I would love to tell you that I... I felt great after doing it and I felt like I was breaking my chains. Um, I'm, I'm probably not there yet because I felt like, well, first I felt the, my short term brain. So we all know we have different, um, the way the brain is structured, we call it one to two to three brains in our head, some that developed later. And so I felt that short-term part of my brain, sometimes called the id, start to make excuses in real time, rapid fire, why I shouldn't say no to the item. So, and I felt that going through my head. And I could see my two brains fighting each other, right? In real time. And so it's very interesting to do that. And so as soon as I, as soon as my long-term brain defeated my short-term brain, and I knew that I wasn't going to have the food item, I could then feel my short-term brain, whereas a minute before it started to make excuses of why I should have the food item, I could feel my short-term brain reprogram itself and start to go through acceptance in real time. Well, oh, I'm doing something great for myself and I didn't, it's kind of like a reverse sour grape situation, starting to make myself feel good about saying no to that food item as soon as it was defeated by the long-term brain. And another thing that was kind of really beneficial was I was just standing back like a passive participant watching these two, th these, like these two boxers fight it out. And then as soon as one lost, he said, good game, you win, you're the better person. And so it had nothing to do with me. It, it, it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with my past and what I like and what makes my mouth water and what gives my brain dopamine. It had nothing to do with my soul, who was just sitting there watching this play out 
as if on a television screen in my mind. Um, and so that was very interesting. And so I recommend that um, you do it and you interrogate your thoughts and feelings. And so a lot of times we can't do that. But in order to start doing that, to be able to see your thoughts as if they were flashing on the screen, uh, you should, of course, meditate where you sit in one position and the only exercise you're doing is you're watching which thoughts your subconscious delivers to your brain and letting it go and perhaps wondering why it did that and perhaps getting to the bottom of, well, there's no reason it did that because your brain constantly thinks just like your car, your heart wants to constantly pump and it all constantly wants to think about things and your subconscious is doing its job and constantly delivering various stimuli to your brain to see if that's what makes it uh, get stuck in a thought pattern. And so I, I recommend that you do that. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, up until now, we haven't talked about Jane food much because it gets talked about way too often, right? Uh, so I avoid the topic. Um, uh, and Jainism is in danger of being only known for its dietary restrictions. And that's for a couple of reasons. And those reasons are because it's the primary exposure that non-Jains have with Jains because they don't see what's going on in our head. They don't see what's going on at the Jain Center, but they do see what I bring for lunch every day. Uh, for example, the people at my work. Uh, second, because food is a relatable topic of conversation between people. Everybody knows different religions have different dietary restrictions. So it's interesting to talk about. Um, and uh, third, because this food thing allows Jains to explain ahimsa very well. And so those are the reasons that it gets talked about so often and kind of why we generally avoid talking about it here. But I realized I had an epiphany, of course. The primary focus of this class has always been and will always be how to take Jainism out of the classroom and into your life. And eating Jain food is an amazing way to practice ahimsa and probably the best bang for your buck to practice samvara. Samvara is, of course, the blocking of karma that attaches to your soul. You can do that in a lot of ways, but the most efficient way for you to do it, the kind of the most amount of summer you can do with the least amount of action is to partake in a Jain diet. So today we're going to talk about Jain food, and then we probably won't discuss it again for a long time. So the first thing to know about the Jain diet is that it's based on ahimsa. The reason we don't eat meat is because animals are capable of suffering much more intensely than plants. And we want to reduce the amount of violence that we do. Similarly, five sense beings are capable of much more suffering than one sense beings. So we want to re uh, reduce our diet uh, to only one sense beings. Also, eating root vegetables causes more violence than eating non-root vegetables. And there are a couple of reasons for that. First, you kill the entire plant when you uproot it rather than taking its fruit or flower, which doesn't kill the entire plant. And second, root vegetables contain much more jeev than non-root vegetables. And aside from ahimsa, there's an auxiliary, auxiliary reason for the Jain diet, and it's not to inflame passions. Now that sounds like really radical, but it sounds pretty extreme, but 
The point is to disconnect emotion from food. There's no reason that the two should be connected, but of course they are. Uh, when you disconnect emotions from food, you don't get disappointed when you don't get what you want. You don't expect something to get something good and then bring emotions into play when you don't. And of course, this everybody in this class knows that expectations are a big part of why emotions come into play. And you realize that it's all just a waste of time. And connecting emotions to food can only lead to bad karma. It will never, ever lead you to good karma. So why do it at all? We don't, uh, we of course understand the concept of raga dwesh and how um, that leads to a decrease in the quality of your life. And that of course applies to food. Don't have favorite foods, don't have unfavorite foods. This of course is why when a holy person eats, he only eats what is given. He doesn't ask for anything. And if nothing is given, then nothing is eaten. Um, that, that's of course a very extreme way to do it, but we want to practice a non-extreme way to do it. So questions or comments about the theory of the Jain diet and why we do what we do. I do have a comment. You know, obviously Jainism is, is sort of known for uh, its diet and diet restrictions to be more precise. But honestly, you know, I'll, I'll, I remember uh, one of the incidents when we, I came to US for the first time and invited a lot of folks for food and at our place, we had a birthday at our place and such. It's it, and the reason I wanted to bring out. It's not just Jainism. It's like you know, it's a wedding. Uh, any event. Uh, let's take JSH example, right? I mean, you know, we have food, we'll have people. Uh, it just makes it convenient. I mean, obviously for Pachala and things like that. But it's just I think somehow the entire society is is connected to that. Any event is associated with it more so in Indian culture than any other. Even I guess in U.S. culture there is that, but I wonder why. I, I don't know the answer, but just food it's became inherent part of. Obviously, we all need fuel. We know that, but then it's like you know going above and beyond and on top of basic necessities. What's the reason in different cultures? Oh, so the reason is this concept of breaking bread with the stranger, and if you break bread with the stranger enough time, he becomes your friend. And of course, the reason before that is our brains were wired in a certain way as to the sharing of food and keeping track of who gave food to us and we should give food to them. And that strengthens the bond between people because uh, before modern times in prehistoric time, it was all about survival and survival was, of course, all about food. And so our social connections are based on food. Other questions or comments. And that, you know, brings up a very good point. Whereas if we're trying to disconnect emotions from food, but we realize there's this very human aspect to sharing food strengthens the bond between people. What is the role of the Jane Center? Isn't there a tension in that? Well, the Jane Center is supposed to educate you to not associate food with emotion. But of course, there are other reasons people come to the Jane Center that are perfectly valid and that 
The Jane Center provides a social aspect to strengthen the bonds within the community. And that's the easiest way to do it because that's what our brains are wired to do. So there is a kind of a tension, a back and forth in that. And um, which side you think should win will depend on what value you think the Jane Center provides and what uh, what kind of function you think the Jane Center will is supposed to perform. And plus, a lot of people won't come to things if we don't offer lunch. <laughs> and honestly, not to, I mean, I, I, don't, I think we are, just to clarify my point, I mean, there are other temples, I mean, that sometimes we consider pretty, uh, doing pretty well. They do the same thing. I mean, the food is attraction. And then it almost, to me, it's like a, a way to grow, uh, which I don't think it happens at, at, at any giant or not even JSH, but somewhere else. We don't try to attract people by food, but that is almost an attraction. Infant, even churches do that. Churches offer food in colleges and campuses to to attract uh, kid, college kids and things like that. So it, it just, I, I think it's somehow considered a way to, to attract. It's the way I can put it. Certainly food is a great marketing tool and people have known that for centuries. And you can either think that they're good marketers and exploiting the human brain for their purposes. Or, you know, if you think that they're too good at marketing, you can think that it's a bad thing. And it depends on, you know, where you fall in that spectrum. But certainly I understand that uh, food has been used um, as a marketing tool and will continue to be used. And I think that we're guilty of that, too. Thanks to everybody who just joined. We're talking about Jane food today. And so we just talked about the theory of why Jane dietary restrictions exist is, of course, um, to promote ahimsa and to prevent passions from being inflamed about having favorite foods and not favorite foods. So let's talk about those non-meat restrictions. Um, different people have different ideas about that. I'm presenting to you now uh, w one idea that some one uh, one person has about this non-meat restrictions. So here's a list of non-Jane items, if you can see it. So of course, root vegetables at the top: carrots, potatoes, onions, garlic, beets, yams, turnips, gingers, etc. Mushroom, the same way you kill the whole plant when you talk about mushrooms. Spinach, I was surprised to see on the list. So this is a spectrum, right? Ahimsa is a spectrum. And so perhaps the harvesting of spinach does more uh, violence than I thought. Eggplant. Honey, of course, which is produced by bees. Figs are not Jane because of the way they propagate. Um, they propagate via use of the eggs of insects. Gelatin is made with animal products. Potato starch and tapioca starch, I was surprised to see on this list, of course, Potato is at the very top, but uh, people, they thought it important enough to include the starches. Butter, cheese, especially cheese with animal rennet, potato starch, and animal enzymes in it are not Jane. Increasingly, the trend is to consider that the vegan diet is the Jane diet. That is somewhat controversial. It's not controversial if you think about it enough. But we're headed in that direction, and there are people trying to push it in that direction. And I probably think that's a good direction to head. So, of course, there's going to be some resistance to that. 
Bean sprouts are considered not Jain by this group, vinegar and yeast. And so this group divides um, Jain and non-Jain dietary restrictions into two, two groups. This first one we just talked about, and of course, because it's a spectrum, they should say they promote avoiding this second list of fruit, of items, food, I mean, during holy days or Tithi observance days. So this is kind of a, if you want to be extra Jane about your diet, then um, do these or do this at least on Tithi days. Any fruits, fresh or dried, any vegetables, including peppers, lemons, and tomatoes, raw bananas, not sure why that's on the list. Butter, butter's on both lists. Frozen foods, cashew nuts, dried herbs. Uh, this, of course, will inflame passions. Bean sprouts, vinegar, coconut milk, sour cream, I believe, is on here because of its cultures. Uh, Ready-made bread, um, so store-bought rotis and naans. Canned food, vacuum-packed meals or instant mixes, and yeast makes an appearance again. So everybody's going to have kind of different ideas about this. I'm sure that uh, you disagree with some of the items on the list. Uh, yes, me here. Yeah, I I want to challenge the the vegan idea. Okay. And, and calling it giant. Right. Uh, I think that seems to be the the trend, and uh, I, I know vegan babe is great. I think vegan helps following Jainism diet to some extent. But, you know, if we just review the list we just reviewed, uh, it, it, it doesn't, I mean, the, the uh, root vegetables are on the top, potato. And, and vegan diet, at least the, the ones I, I see that it's trying to follow, uh, it's, it's like, okay, we don't want to, uh, we want to be vegan. But the grassroots are okay. And i that's the part I would, especially at uh, within the Jain community, I, I feel that's that's to should be the, uh, I, I personally would not take that exception. Do not want to take that exception. Just saying that I'm following the vegan diet and it's okay to use uh, the root vegetable because I'm vegan. I think I misspoke. I did not mean a completely vegan diet. I meant incorporating the vegan diet into the Jain diet. So it's both no root vegetables, but also no milk, no dairy like that. And I, I, I completely support that. I think that's that's a good way to do it. But I, I see that what's happening more and more now, and especially at least my perception, uh, that what when uh, a lot of vegan folks are trying to follow vegan, I think as being Jain, we should follow if we can do an additional nirjara that's great but we need to continue with the uh with the minimum what is said at least within our our culture absolutely so maybe a better wording would be uh a jane vegan diet or a jane diet with vegan concepts yes Chintan. yeah thank you i i was along the same lines uh, with you as well but uh, uh i i don't believe you because I've heard that terminology in multiple different conversations outside of uh, JSH as well. Um, my my second point there also is when we talked about dry herbs and what uh, you know ginger versus suit. 
the dried ginger. Um, that's something I I can't comprehend that it's okay to use soot, but uh, ginger as such is not uh, considered like Jain. Got it. Anybody have an answer for Chintan? I don't have an answer either, and I tend to agree with you. I'm guessing it's just this completely dried out. I'm not sure if it is. It's another concept is like, oh, I did not, I did not pick that vegetables, you know, I'm consuming it. It's completely dried out, and then it's been grinded, right? So, um, it's just like a flower, if you want to put it, you know, uh, if you want to take it in your temple for your job. It falls on the ground, and and on on a cloth, you can. That's the ideal way to take the flowers and, and you know go to the temple with, not plucking it. It's a similar concept, probably. I'm just thinking it out loud. That the roots are out, completely dried out. There is no other G in it, and then they grind it. Okay, like powder maybe. Yes, Umesh. That, that's uh, sorry. That's like that's like garlic powder, right? And onion powder. It's the same, right? Yeah, it could be the same, right? Yeah, we already answers. Ginger has the live, so you can grow again from the dead ginger. But once it's dry, you uh, make it powder, it doesn't have the live. So you can use the suit. I see. Uh, and one thing I would like to push back on is this concept of if somebody else did it, it's okay. It's not okay to promote, uh, to buy a product that somebody else did it uh, be just because they incurred the karma. It's not okay to do that because we are promoting violence by buying a product that somebody else performed violence to do. Um, so we should not actually um, use, use that um, as an excuse. Uh, other questions or comments about that list? Okay, so let's take a look at some resources we have to try to incorporate a Jain diet in our life. Let's take a look at this. You can find this Jain cookbook. It's called Cuisine the Jain Way. And it is brought to us by these people. It's a recipe compilation and uh, these people participated in it. So thank you to these people. And let's take a look at the index. And um, we start with cooking pointers. All right, so let's take a look at these table of contents and see if there's anything that surprises us that we can make in a Jane way. Okay, look, tomato salsa. Apparently you can make tomato salsa without onions. That is very nice. Vegetable broth, hard to make without onions, some people would think. Thousand Island dressing, pizza sauce, pesto sauce. Let me know if you are interested in taking a closer look at any one of these. Okay, so that was the sauce thing, the sauce section. We have, here are our Indian recipes. Let's see, oh, meduvara. You can make Meduvara Jane way. That's very nice. 
Let's see. What else stands out to us as surprising? Rajma cheese paratha you can make in a Jane way. There's a Mexican section here. Let's see. Ah, here we go. There's a vegan section here. We're on page 88, so quite a few vegetables. A vegan cheese recipe, vegan brownie cupcakes. Oh, here's the Mexican section. Olive and bell pepper quesadilla, Tex-Mex salsa, vegetable enchiladas, fajitas. Very hard to make Jane fajitas. That's on page 105. Here's some international dishes. Fiesta cheese fondue. Thai red curry. I think that would be very hard to make, Jane. And it ends with desserts. Okay, did anybody see any anyone they wanted to take a closer look at? Yeah, I would like the link for it. Sure. Um, let me, let's see. Let me find the link here. Okay. Cuisine the Jane Way. I will tell you one thing. We went to a couple of restaurants in India mm -hmm. and we asked, what do we have in Jane? And they said, just tell us anything. We'll make everything Jane for you. Oh, that's great. All right. So I am putting the link in the chat and that, oh, that's a great idea. That way, instead of looking at my screen, you all can follow along if you're on your computer. All right. I put the link in the chat. And so... Let's take a look. Uh, just to add a separate comment, I know a member within our group does have a list of certain restaurants that if uh, they let them know a day or a couple of days in advance to request chain food, they certainly can prepare. So it'll, it'll be good uh, if you can share that as well. I'll, I'll talk to that member. Okay, sure thing. Um, if you get that, then feel free to share it in the WhatsApp group and that way sure. we all can participate. Okay, so let's take a look there at another one. Um, let's see, how can I share it? Okay, it looks like it's not a window, so I'm gonna share my screen here. And then, you should be able to see this book. Um, so that was a uh, kind of a ebook you can download at the link that I sent. This book is called Prasadam, Art of Jain Cooking, and it's by Bhavna Shah, edited by Chetna Shah. And if we want to, let me put it on full screen here. That way you can see it properly. And if we want to do a similar thing, um, we'll take a look at the index, the table of contents, and see what kind of recipes there are. All right, so this book is divided up into different types of cuisine. So, so we, we don't have to limit ourselves to food from India, as you might expect. Um, there's probably more Jain food from India, but for example, here we have Italian cuisine, um, pizzas, lasagnas, pasta recipes. The section two is 
Mexican cuisine, um, similar to what we saw earlier, tres leches, Mexican rice. The third one is Thai cuisine. Um, so, I mean, this is not necessarily disconnecting emotion from food. This, I would use this as a stepping stone, right? To get to where you can disconnect emotions from food, because then you're talking about just using food as fuel. You're not talking about paneer, bell pepper, and baby corn skewers, right? You're going to be past that. Um, section four is Lebanese cuisine. Um, section five is Chinese cuisine. And then there's a Dokra section and dips and kind of sizzler plate sections. And so uh, this is what this book looks like. You can get it online. It costs $4.99 and you can read it on your Kindle or something like that. And here are the recipes. Okay, so that's very nice. And then I have one more for you, and that's a link. This is a blog I found. It's called Spice Up the Curry. It's by Kanan Patel. And she has collected Jane recipes. And it's over 100, she says. And there's nice pictures here for you. Um, you can make all... This is primarily um, Indian food. And you can make all of these... The Jane Way. So that's the first page. This is called SpiceUpTheCurry.com. I can put a link in here in the chat too. Let me do that. Chat. Okay. All right. You have the link. Um, so a lot of sweets. A lot, a lot, a lot of sweets. <laughs> okay. Oh, here we go. Here's some entrees. Okay, so the purpose of that is to let you know that there are resources that you can use, right? The, the point of it is to convince you that it's not as hard as you think to practice a Jane diet. Um, what would you say to someone who told you, someone that ate meat, who told you it's too hard to be a vegetarian because there's not enough to eat? You would say... There's plenty to eat. I have plenty to eat. I have more choice than I ever could know what to do with, right? Well, the reason that you're not practicing a Jane diet is not because it's too hard to find something to eat. Okay, the point of this was to show you there's plenty to eat. Uh, there's more to eat than you could ever, um, you could eat a different meal, a different Jane meal a day and that would last you your whole life. Okay, the point of that exercise is to convince you that there are resources available to you that the reason shouldn't be because that you're not practicing a Jane diet shouldn't be that it's too hard to find something. It, it's it's easy to find something and you can do it for free. Um, so questions or comments about that? Anybody have other um, uh, resources that they recommend?
Call mom. Right, right. That is the best resource, of course, your family. Uh, I, somewhere I may have Ambel food uh, recipe booklet. Be happy to share that uh, via WhatsApp group. Great. Okay. So this week's challenge is to make one Jane meal that you wouldn't normally make. You can't make kitchen and then call that your Jane meal because you would have made it anyway. That doesn't count. Okay, you either have to replace a non-Jane meal with the Jane meal or do something like that, that you, or try a new recipe, a new Jane recipe that you wouldn't normally make. Um, and so that is your challenge this week. Does anybody have, did anybody notice something that they wanted to try? And that, because I want, the more you think about it, the more invested you'll be in it and the more likely you are to complete this challenge and the more, my ultimate goal is to help you on your spiritual progress, right? And reduce your ahimsa and increase your samvar. So tell me which which meal is right for you to replace and what are you going to replace it with? So, so you're signing us up for cooking the food then, right? Absolutely. Um, if you have, if, if you're not in charge of cooking the food in your house, then I want you to take charge of this one meal, this one non-Jane meal. Yeah, I'm sure our wives will be happy. <laughs> you, have be, you have to be the influencer. Certainly, certainly. Remember, you're not abdicating your spiritual progress to your life. And if I'm tell to your wife, and if I'm telling you that this is part of your spiritual progress, then... It certainly seems like you have abdicated that to your wife. I certainly understand. Um, but yes, you have to take charge of this. Did anybody see anything interesting? Did they want to try some Jane Indian cuisine or some a different one, an Italian Jane cuisine or a Mexican or Thai Jane cuisine? So we, we are going to... I'm going to try something Mexican because uh, one of the things we're trying or I think we've been doing is not go to a restaurant that serves meat. And uh, uh, for Mexican food, it's pretty hard. There are actually one or two vegan places uh, that has vegan, uh, but then also we have to watch out for giant. So with that said, I think that's that's one of our challenge to, to cook giant uh, Mexican food, so we don't crave for outside Mexican food. So I, I will. That's the step I'll I'll, I'll try towards. That's great. That's perfect. Um, my wife and I recreate meals we like at restaurants, and then we never go to that restaurant again once we have it the way we like it. So that's using that same idea, and then um, doing what's important to you, which is not supporting a restaurant if it serves meat at all. So that's great. Anybody else did some recipe catch their eye? Okay, so tell me which one you're going to replace because nobody completed last week's challenge. I want I want people to complete this week's challenge. We have the link. Uh, we are going to try it for sure. Um, either one of the dinner time or... I, I don't know. I didn't catch any of the particular one, but there are so many interesting ideas on those recipe books. So we'll definitely try one. Right. 
Yeah, so personally for me, um, to cook uh, tofu fried rice, um, uh, certainly with onions and garlic, but I can definitely try that the, the Jainism way and see like, you know, if I can blend in one of the recipes I would share. That's a great idea. How about we hack our brain to increase our spiritual progress? That is, we take a food that we know we like, and just like with the making a restaurant dish at home, we make that one the Jane way, and we perfect it until we really like it again. You know, it, it won't happen the first time, but we keep working at it until we really like it, and then that food that we really like and we really crave is Jane food. And we're using our likes and dislikes to our advantage to further our spiritual progress. I like that idea. You have a food you already like, you try to convert it to a Jane one, and you keep eating it. That's great. So questions or comments about anything we talked about. First, we went over the um, the theory of why the Jane diet is, exists. Second, we looked at um, <clears throat> the non-Jane items the, and we had some kind of issues with the list. Everybody's going to have a different list because Ahimsa is a spectrum. Uh, third, we looked at resources available to us to practice a Jane diet. And fourth, we made a commitment to replace one non-Jane meal with a Jane meal. Questions or comments about any of that? No comments on uh, this week, but once once this one is done, I was not the last week. If you don't mind, just give us just uh, one more time. I, I heard in the beginning you have to say no to work on yourself or something for last last week's challenge. Um, I have a question on that, or at least I was not there, but I wanted to understand it more. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, a couple people weren't there, and I didn't get the... Um, audio up in time uh, to prepare for this week. I should get it up early this no, week. No, 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 that's fine. So last week's challenge was to say no to something you really wanted. And that will make you realize that your desires enslave you. And uh, once you realize, and that gives you a feeling of power, a feeling of breaking your chains. At least that's the theory. In reality, it will probably make you feel bad at first to say no to something you really wanted. And it depends where you are on the spiritual progress ladder. If you're very far, you will get a, you will feel great to say no about something you wanted. If you're not there yet, you have to convince yourself it's a good idea. And then um, you'll feel bad about it at first, just like uh, exercise. You feel bad after you exercise at first. But if you exercise enough, then you start to feel good after you exercise. Um, last week's class. Let me think. So, so let me ask you that. Yeah. They know that you like to do it. And if you convince yourself that you are doing this one for somebody else and you're saying no, would that be a different? The item you like to do, you want to, you want to, if you want to stop that item, not for your purpose, but if you do it for somebody else's purpose, would that be? Battle, no, that would be against the spirit of the challenge because it's oh, just excuses. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Does anybody remember what last week's class was? Well, what I remember, um, 
it's like you know if i it's sort of like if i want to i'm eating right now i got two rotis i ate two rotis and the third one i'm going to eat i want to eat but i don't really need it for my i just want to eat it it's like controlling your mind that something or it's a rotli or ice cream or something like that that you really want to eat just to feel good about it get your okay you did it now you control your mind uh same as taking bada for something you like and you you control your mind is that correct recollection yes last week's class we discussed 15 exercises that you can do daily to practice stoicism and we realized that stoicism has a lot in common with jainism in fact the two fit hand in glove together so we took these 15 stoic exercises and we revealed the jain philosophy behind them so i'll have that up for you this week it's a very interesting listen good yes me here so i wanted to to go back to the the food and and actually my sort of uh uh i i don't know if i want to call it concern but um the the vegan versus the jain so here's what happened we we were in we were going to india and uh we tried to get all four of our food jain and they had some issues and then they brought us vegan food and you know what was impressive part about that the the flight attendant who came to us uh talking about it she knew exactly what the jainism is she checked that the vegan food that was she was offering did not have any root vegetables and so she she checked all the ingredients and said okay this will work for you and and that was very impressive i what i wonder i mean or so i i think we should thank our whoever did this uh jainism or made sure that everybody knows about it the what jainism is to me that was that was great if we as a jain as an entire society say okay veganism is jainism and not that i'm saying that but if that happens if we take path towards it then what happens is we risk at the legacy that was created and and for right reasons we just reviewed that we should not be eating root vegetables as jains uh well well i i feel a danger there and i could be just could be myself so i um the my earlier comment was was definitely like uh, i think chintan also said uh, to me i think you spoke correctly i think you had the right idea in this forum i don't think that's an issue but i think if we as a society uh somehow accept to the outside world's perception that vegan is jain then i think there's a risk and, and uh that's why i think we sh- we should be mindful uh of of that that's again my personal perception i i don't uh i just feel that uh like for example nowadays if you go to some restaurant they call it swami narayan do you want swami narayan like okay yes that's how it is jainism right now you go to any restaurant in india and call jain they know exactly what you're talking about and they'll ask you do you eat gajar or uh you know sometimes they there's a little uh exceptions that that some take so that that would be my bigger concern as a community and it's not as as for us 
and that that I, I don't know if does anybody share that or it's just me. I, I don't I don't think uh, I think people have a very clear concept at least on the vegan side and the people who has inclination or the background from the Jainism I think they are kind of very clear distinguish the difference between the two. Um, I think vegan approach is more towards who are completely using you know meat and maybe more on um, because you know even Jane diet if you saw some books it has some curd and all that too which is not a vegan you know so if you look at it you know the milk product is different story completely in, in its own um, and uh, so I think most of the people has some exposure to Jainism would probably be very clear that vegan is truly not a Jain food, but it is a step towards from non-vegetarian food in my mind. And, and I'm personally glad. I just hope it continues. I just don't hope. My 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 worry is what if that distinction vanishes? You know, I think think we as a Jain we should continue this uh, approach. Is uh, and then just my skepticism, it could be just that. And the flight attendants, what you mentioned, I think they're very well educated in that sense. They probably not know, don't know about the Jainism is, but they do know the differences on that piece because they clearly qualified as a Jain food. So they, they have to know that difference. So I'm glad that they managed to get you something on that side, which is very, very impressive. So anywhere anybody puts the Jain word, they better know the difference. Because I've been other extreme too. Places you go and there's, you say I want vegetarian food and they will ask like, do you eat fish? It's very extreme, right? I mean, they, they have no difference. They do not know any differences. So, but I think awareness is much more than 10 years ago, 15 years ago for Jainism, for vegetarian, for veganism. So, yeah. Don't worry. Just keep promoting me here. Other questions or comments? Well, thank you so much for your time this week. I really appreciate it, and I do not take it for granted. And remember, you're trying to replace one non-Jane meal with a Jane meal this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.